From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. Rick Munn. Now you listen here. He's a very naughty boy. TNT Radio. Now go away. Ah, okay, it's Friday, the 17th of November, 2023. This is TNT Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Rick Munn. Gemma Cooper and the lovely, wonderful, magical Trevor John will be joining me uh, in the coming hour just to chew the fat, shoot the breeze, and uh, see what we have to discuss here that's going on in the, well, in the world in general, you know, news centric and all that. But, you know, there's more to the world. There's more to the world and life than just news. Uh, we'd like to talk about what we're up to on a personal level as well. And of course, you lovely folks are welcome to share your stories, suggestions, comments, criticisms, links, uh, guest suggestions in our live chat, uh, which is TNT Radio. Live and thank you all very much, by the way, for all your contributions this morning. All very much appreciated. Uh, yeah, we well, were talking just during the uh, during the news clip there, thinking about uh, TNT Radio, and uh, we're coming up uh, to its second birthday in January. The first show was on Monday, the tenth of January, twenty twenty-two. Unless I'm very, very much mistaken, and I actually. Uh, missed the first week. I was extremely sick. <laughs> and my first show was on Monday, the 17th of January. And it was great. And my very first guest actually was a chap by the name of Stephen Kelly, who filled in for me because my first guest was supposed to be a big ice hockey player from Canada. And he forgot what day it was. So my very first day on the job, my first guest didn't appear. I had to talk for 30 minutes solo about the Australian Open tennis championship with Novak Djokovic and Dan Andrews and all the Australian premiers. Then they got Stephen Kelly in at the last minute. And all I can remember was he kept, he had these wireless headphones that he kept sticking in his ears and they kept falling out over and over again. And it was really distracting. And then Ted Steele, my second guest didn't appear either. And Ted Steele had to be dragged in at the last minute. And then Jesse Zurawell, was my final guest on the first day and I was doing four-hour shows back then and it was uh, tight. Let me just say it was tight. My baptism of fire and TNT was uh, complete back in January of 2022. So uh, I'm not going to say happy birthday because it's, it's like wishing someone happy birthday. Happy birthday! Uh, my birthday isn't for another two months, Rick. Well, uh, you know, I just want to get it in early there. But yeah, we're coming up. We're coming up to TNT's second birthday. Unbelievable. Uh, but it's great. I've loved being a part of the station right from the start. I love working with the guys and the, and the girls in the station. It's been fantastic. And more people are still coming in uh, through the ranks, like Gemma, for example. It's been great uh, to get to know her and get to talk to her as well. So I'm um, looking at uh, something Rishi Sunak said. Uh, he's saying here, for the first time next month, uh, ever, women will be able to walk into their local pharmacy and get the contraceptive pill. It's another big step in our plan to improve access to primary care, ensuring you can get the care you need when you need it. And then he retweets himself a post that he put up in May this year saying, I grew up working in my mum's local pharmacy, so I know how much they mean to the community. That's why we are empowering them to do more and help us cut waiting lists. So 
the question that I have for Rishi Sunak is, given that his mum ran a pharmacy and given that he worked in his mum's pharmacy, allegedly, when he was a kid and he knows how important they are, and next month, for the first time, women can get contraceptive pills over the counter at the pharmacy. Why has he waited this long? Knowing that year-on-year waiting lists for the NHS are going up by around about a million a year, why has it taken him until November 2023 to finally get the finger out and say, okay, we're going to delegate more uh, dispensary facilities to our local pharmacists, given that he knows how important they are. And that's the question I have for a lot of these people that are coming up with these great ideas. Okay, now's the time to do this. Now's the time to do that. Surely someone could have kept them right, or he could have kept people right by saying that we could have been doing this for years. If we'd have done this last year, or the year before, or the year before that, we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in at the minute. So he's lauding this as a great revolutionary thinking breakthrough. But in reality, it's something that maybe should have been done a long, long time ago. Um, what else? Oh, do you know what? Actually, I'm gonna we'll take a brief pause. Uh, Gemma's gonna come in here, and the, the story that she has to talk about. I have another strange story along the same lines, and uh, it's a mystery, a mystery story. But this could actually be what the mystery is. But anyway, uh, don't go away. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, here on TNT Radio. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, so uh, you might be wondering, what's he on about mystery stories, mystery this, mystery that? Well, Gemma has a story. And I read a story last night, and it was a mystery. People were scratching their heads, wondering what a funny noise was. And now Gemma, uh, uh, instead of me banging on about mysteries, what what what's your story? And I'll tell you what the mystery is, and maybe we can solve the mystery a la Scooby-Doo. What do you think? I think this, this this story. There's a couple of stories. They're about the same thing. They might might give the game away. But uh, there's a uh, there's a few headlines kicking around now. It just broken this morning here in the UK about um. Uh, in the east of England, a county of Norfolk, a big county, people in part of their county are embroiled in a row with the local school, which has a heat pump installed outside. It was installed earlier in the year, or last year, uh, without planning permission, I have to say. But a lot of these pumps, you don't actually need planning permission. Anyway, it's powered by electric. And it's obviously, this is part of the net zero. The government wants six, 600,000 heat pumps in homes in Britain by 2028. It's going to ban gas boilers in new builds from 2025, and it wants to replace them with heat pumps. But what they're saying, the residents of this uh, town in Norfolk say that they it's turned the uh, area into a 24-hour noise hazard nuisance, and it's making so much noise at this school, heating the air and pumping it in, that the residents don't want to open their windows, they don't want to go in their gardens because of this constant low-level Vroom, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Now, mm. you would be forgiven for thinking maybe, oh, come on, it's just one school and it's just one, not a lot of not in my backyard type neighbours and we don't like it. But no, earlier this week, we were going to touch on this story, but it was the day that um, David Cameron came back into the cabinet. So that was breaking news and we we didn't cover it. So I thought we'd come back to it at the end of the week. And this is the story about heat pumps as a wider issue and that a group of experts, noise experts, have done a survey on the heat pumps that are being brought in and they're saying they are going to be too noisy for millions and millions of homes right across the UK, especially in built-up areas.
areas like terraces, where the houses are back to back, flats where you've got lots of people on top of each other. Um, the noise that these things are pumping out are anywhere between 40 and 60 decibels. Um, and the limits to get a government grant of noise levels is 42 decibels, and you have to be at least a meter away from your neighbor's house. So a lot of these just aren't going to be fit for purpose. They're not going to qualify under the government's own rules. And when you think about it, Rick, this is so one, one, you know, one, it's like a, it's the same level as a dishwasher, 40 to 60. Sometimes dishwashers can be quite noisy. So mm. that's like that vroom, 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 times mm -hmm. that by two, vroom, 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 times it by three, vroom, vroom, vroom. You know, we're going to be stressed <laughs> off our heads with this, you know, because low level yeah. noise is, is it causes stress on the human body. It absolutely does. You know, motorway traffic noise causes people to be stressed. This low level noise that you can't really shake off, it does have an effect on people. And it seems as yet again, nobody asked for these heat pumps. Nobody wanted their gas boilers banned. Nobody wants to have one in that. Nobody said, well, come and put one in my home. Um, take up is very low at the moment. Their governments have had to increase the grant amount to get one of these things. It seemed we didn't want it. And again, it's the war on the human psyche, the effect of this boom, boom, boom yep. on, on how it's going to affect our lives. So what's the mystery? That's more important. What's the mystery? Well, on that uh, epic uh, voom, voom, voom uh, sound attempt that you made to emulate a, a heat pump, which uh, I haven't actually heard a heat pump, but I'm going to take your word for it. That that's what it sounds like. One noise that I really can't be having is if someone's playing dance music and all you can hear is the thump of the bass, doom, 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 doom. That drives me mental. I don't mind dance music as long as I can hear maybe the keyboards and the drums and the vocals and maybe guitar and synthesizer, but it's just that subsonic thumping, incessant thumping noise that can slowly drive people mental. Okay, so that's interesting as well that it's not like it's a, a loud rock concert being played. It's just this constant, perpetual, low-level noise that can slowly drive people nuts a little bit like the Chinese water torture. You know, it doesn't actually cause any pain, but it's constant dripping of water onto one spot in your forehead slowly drives you mad over a space of time. Now, Broadlands Council here, apparently, uh, as you rightly pointed out, allowed these pumps to be installed without any um, planning permission. Uh, he said they're very noisy, 24-hour noisy. Since the principal of the school has said, I understand, I understand your concerns. I'm taking all that board, but we're not changing anything here. And of course, I'm pretty sure the principal doesn't have to listen to these when he's not actually in school. He probably lives outside of town or he's not affected by the noise here. But just interestingly, uh, the, sto uh, the, the story that I'd looked at uh, that I was going to uh, see is the council officials are looking at calling a noise specialist in an, an attempt to locate a mystery hum disturbing residents of a county Tyrone town here in Northern Ireland. So this uh, was just published yesterday. The residents are literally being driven mad by this constant low-level humming sound that nobody can identify what the source is. So they can't even point to the local school and say it's the heat pump or they can't point... They don't know where it's coming from, and it's driving them all nuts inside the house, outside the house. It doesn't stop. It's a constant humming sound that's driving the residents mental. So in a in an unrelated story, but on the similar vein, it's about low-level noise constantly driving people nuts, and they can't identify the source of it. So I think these heat pumps could be another one. And as you say... 40 to 60 decibels, you know, for a dishwasher is about 40 odd decibels. It can be noisy. Can you imagine a dishwasher going constantly in your ears? 
And imagine that multiplied then by your neighbors if they have to make, the, if they're talking about making these things compulsory or phasing out gas boilers, bringing in heat pumps. I think, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think people will literally lose their mind before that happens, Gemma. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is take up is so low at the moment. You can get a grant, you could get a government grant for £5,000 uh, to install one of these things as long as it met noise regulations, which most of them aren't. And um, they've had to increase that amount now. They're saying, oh, we'll give you £7,500. That's a considerable sum of money to please, please, please put one of these in. They're desperate to achieve net zero. They're absolutely desperate. And of course, the school will have got a grant to put that pump in. So, of course, the head teacher's not going to want to give the money back. He wants to keep the money and he'll keep the pump. Thank you very much um but it's 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 the it's the effect on humans and there have been so many studies about the power of silence and how good silence is that's why everybody loves going for a walk in nature on their own it gives you time to decompress it gives you time to kind of get into tune with the real you you get flashes of inspiration in silence you, your intuition comes to the fore but with this constant war on the human condition there's constant noise everywhere and you're constantly irritable you're cut off from your like sixth sense, your intuition, your inner knowing, your kind of calm, rational you. It's this constant state of keeping us all heightened, irritable, stressed, angry. It feels very deliberate to me. And these heat pumps, you know, it's all tied in with net zero, which means it's completely global agenda. And the, and the end result is that we, the humans at the bottom of the food chain, who didn't even ask for it, are the ones considerably affected. Yeah, our peace is so crucial because it's very, it's very difficult to get, you know, a perfectly peaceful condition to live in at all times unless you go and you know become a monk or a hermit and you know, find yourself a cave somewhere up on the mountaintop uh, and you don't get bothered by anybody or any noise except the, the noise of nature we're not in that position now but we do need these little pockets of calm that we can go to for that country walk or a walk along the beach is amazing especially if there's no one on it you just hear the wind and the water and it's just it just purges you almost you know clears your mind completely but this relentless bombardment that we're getting of noise uh, in the cities and in the towns and in these heat pumps that are supposed to be brought in to uh, help the environment you know that's arguable whether or not they even do that but one thing they will do is they'll drive people nuts with this constant thrumming thrumming noise and this low frequency noise and i'm sure on a cellular level as well that is not good for you it's not good for your brain to be constantly exposed to that it's also a form of torture the cia would uh torture people by you know that instead of beating them they can put them in a room and just play white noise all the time and in the middle east whenever uh, hostages were taken uh, iraqi hostages were taken they used to interrogate them by just playing metallica to them constantly at loud volumes for 24 hours straight and at the end of it people were just screaming for mercy they weren't being beaten with sticks they were just being bombarded by noise and i'm an old old school metallica fan by the way that wouldn't have affected me so badly but maybe if you're not into that kind of music it would drive you insane and maybe this is just another assault on us from another angle under the green agenda and that's you know without being paranoid about it i think it's what it is we need peace we need more peace and tranquility not more thrumming dishwasher-esque 24 7 boom 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 booming <laughs> as you said i'll never forget that now uh, but yeah <laughs> you've, you've done a job on me this morning you really have before I go, um, I just think we, maybe me and Natalie will come over to Northern Ireland from, from England and we will, all of us, three of us, launch our own investigation into the hum and find out where it's I'm coming from and, and help these people live nice, normal, quiet, sedate, peaceful lives. You know, let's 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 do our own Scooby-Doo investigation into the hum. Is it County Tyrone, it a, did you say? It County Tyrone. And uh, for all we know, 
it could be a heat pump somewhere. Maybe a schooler has put one in without telling the residents, and that's driving the town absolutely biscuits. But uh, I, I don't know. They're bringing in noise specialists to see about it. Hopefully, they'll get to the bottom of it. But either way, uh, if we do find out, if they do get to the bottom of that one, I will keep you posted. But for now, Gemma, uh, big thanks to you. We've got a call time in this one, and uh, I won't see you again before Monday. So have a great weekend. And I'll should be back after this short break with Trevor Jones. So please don't go away. This is TNT Radio. You should hear what James Freeman is talking about on the Freeman Report. Last night, I came across a letter from the NHF Chief Executive here in Wales in the UK. Um, I got given the letter by a whistleblower and it's addressed to the Chief Executives of all NHS Wales organisations. So that's quite a few people. That, that letter has gone out to quite a lot of people here, senior people here in Wales. And the letter basically says that it is disappointing that the uptake of the COVID-19 injections is so low among healthcare workers, but also the general public more widely. The letter goes on to say that vaccination is the best form of defence. Now, the author is Judith Paget, who, like I said, is the NHS Wales Chief Executive. Well, Judith goes on to say that she's looking forward to hearing about interventions that have been used to raise uptake at the next NHS Wales Leadership Board meeting. But that sounds a bit ominous, doesn't it? Um, what interventions are you talking about? The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm CAL FIRE Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood, as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. TNTradio.live. Online. Online. Online streaming. Be a part of the conversation. I stream it all at work and I stream it to my phone and listen to it wherever I go. TNT. Okay, we're locked, we're loaded, and we are live here on TNT Radio. It is Friday the 17th. Yes, the 17th of November, 2023. And I am joined by my long-term uh, friend and sparring partner here on Locked and Loaded, none other than Trevor John. And what we're talking about, you know, we 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 tend to talk about things that the other person's been thinking about. And I was thinking about Trevor's TNT birthday when he first came on. And last year, we were reminiscing about I wished him happy birthday. And unbeknownst, unbeknownst to me, it was his actual birthday two days before it in February of last year. And just think, if we make it for another, what, eight, ten weeks, you'll be celebrating your second TNT birthday. How does it feel to be part of the fabric such a wonderful organization like TNT because you are part of the fabric. <laughs> no, it's it's beautiful and it happened completely by accident. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did. I didn't know I was going to do this. It's just because someone else didn't want to do it. The guys yeah. from the void they rejected me. They rejected me. Oh, brutally rejected me. They brutally. Uh, basically, uh, <laughs> I reached out to these lovely guys called the Void who were on exit the time, and I said, "Do you want to come on and talk?" And they said, "Well, not really, but we know somebody that might." And it was none other than <laughs> Mister Trevor John, and he's been coming back yeah. ever since. So yeah, it, it listen, it's all meant to be, uh, and we've had some fun and some laughs here talking. I always get you on on a Friday, at least maybe one. One exception to that, I think last year I had you on on a Thursday one time, but I always get them on last thing on a Friday because I like to round off my week talking to Trevor. It's always very uh, upbeat, lighthearted, and a little bit uh, inspirational, I find it. So today, I hope it's going to be no different. Uh, what have you been getting up to since it's been about five or six weeks since we last spoke? So how's life been treating you anyway? Yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I'm in a house of coughs and snipples at the moment. I'm down here looking after my mum. So she's been up all night coughing. So I'm making her the ginger tea and garlic and onion and cane pepper and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, whiskey. yeah, I've been hot whiskey. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> any hot, hot, have you but have well, you given her any hot whiskey? Can she take whiskey? Well, she would do. Yeah. She's got a bit too much of a fondness for that stuff. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, she, she used yeah. to be rat ass by about ten thirty in the morning before I came. Okay, so maybe maybe we'll we'll park the hot whiskey and stick with the cayenne pepper. Is that what, is that what you're trying to say in a very subtle way, Trevor? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should have remembered. My fantastic memory forgot about why you're down there in the first place looking after your dear old yeah. mom, but we wish her nothing but the best and we hope she gets a oh, speedy no. recovery. It's coming into that time yeah. of the it's coming into that time of the year again. You know, the old coughs and uh, the old coughs and sniffles, people got runny noses, yeah. people are feeling a little bit under the weather. They're trying again, uh, uh they're trying again to relaunch uh, the 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 winter flu and uh, COVID vaccine campaign. This was something we talked about uh, extensively, you know, two years ago. Is is that whole thing, has it died a death, do you think, in terms of the uptake, at least where you are, you're experiencing your neck of the woods. Uh, you know, people aren't queuing around the block this winter, I would imagine, not where I am anyway, uh, to get jabbed for COVID. What about uh, in uh, where you are at the minute? No, no, they'd be crazy to do that. I mean... When you look at the amount, I mean, I know a few people in the healthcare profession and uh, the amount of people that are suffering and all sorts of effects. And I mean, it's even made the telegraph now, isn't it? The vaccine injury. Um, so, I mean, any anybody who's still doing that, I, I just don't know where the head is, to be honest. I mean, we, we need to be uh, <laughs> not taking any of those things. I, I, I started off, you no, know, I, I used to think vaccines are all right but now i if i had a kid now i would not give them a single vaccine for anything no. and it, it's just a whole kind of story they've created and you know the old thing if you create it you own it so they've created this whole story around health and medicine and and they own that and it's about time we stepped outside of it and they demonize anything natural so we've got to be going for the natural um, and shun their synthetic. I mean, they've created a whole world, haven't they? That that we've been existing in without even realizing it. So it's time to step outside of that. I think. 
And I think, to be honest with you, with, with despite all the things, all the bad things that have happened over the last two years, I think a lot of good has come out of it in that it has made mm. a lot of people very, very skeptical when it comes to just taking for granted the, what their doctor says or their uh, you know, medical practitioner says is necessarily in their best interests. I think people are starting to question advice that they're given. I think people are uh, hesitant when it comes to seeking traditional uh, cures for what might be going on in them. A lot of people are starting to go towards uh, natural remedies, uh, homeopathic remedies. There, A lot of people are not, you know, they don't necessarily have a phobia of needles now, but they're certainly extremely wary if someone approaches them with a syringe and asks them to roll up their sleeve. It's not just, okay, uh, blindly doing it. And I think a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, distrust in the medical professional profession now that wasn't there two to three years ago is one positive takeaway from all of this uh yeah i mean when did experience. when did we decide that uh health came through a needle mm-hmm. i mean it's never done that we've managed without all that for millennia and now suddenly you can't be healthy unless you're getting something that bypasses your natural defenses and goes straight into your bloodstream I mean, it's a bit kind of vampiric, isn't it? It is, literally. It is, you know, piercing yeah. the skin, in- injecting that serum. Uh, you know, I remember I got uh, I got malaria, a terrible dose of malaria about 10 years ago, and that's how it's transmitted. The mosquito breaks through your skin, sticks the uh, yeah. into your body, transmits that, uh, sucks your blood, and then injects it, some of it back into you with the malaria. And then before you know it, you're in an extremely bad way. So yeah, if you're piercing your skin with stuff, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it as such, but there's definitely all great alternatives out there for people uh, that maybe don't want to go down, you know, the roll up your sleeve and just take whatever we uh, thrust upon you with no questions asked. I think those days uh, are certainly, well, there's a lot of people still doing it, but a lot of people aren't anymore. I know I wouldn't be uh, quick to do it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, actually, I want to look at education. I know you uh, are, are from an educational background and had a great story I covered last hour that I think you'll like about open air education in Netherlands from mm. 1957, a beautiful photograph of children being taught uh, outside in, in the forest uh, because they believed it was better for their learning, etc. And some some of the dearth of the drain that's going on with uh, teachers in schools in the UK and Ireland at the minute because of uh, the curriculum and one thing and another. So maybe touch on education uh, when we come back after the news here uh, on TNT with Trevor Jones. So please don't go away. TNT Radio News. What the f***? Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has defended this week's raid on Gaza's largest hospital. Turkey as president has declared Israel a terrorist state, warning Netanyahu his days as prime minister are numbered. And Moscow has warned there is a real possibility diplomatic relations between the US and Russia could be severed entirely if Washington keeps pushing confrontational policies. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. Okay, uh, we are back. Uh, Trevor, we want to talk a bit about education. You know, when you think about the way schools have changed over the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years is quite shocking. Uh, I found a photograph 
this morning of a, an open-air school in uh, in the Netherlands from 1957. The rationale behind that was if kids are sitting out in a, a clearing, the desks were there, they had a blackboard there, they were sitting in their seats, but they were completely surrounded by nature, surrounded by trees. Uh, they believed the clean air was better for the pupils, it was better for them to hear the natural sounds as they were learning mathematics and they were learning how to speak English or Dutch or whatever language it happened to be. Why do we not see more of that, or have we not seen more of that, teaching children outside? Why does it have to be done in a big concrete bunker, in a little cell-like environment within a big concrete bunker, a.k.a. school? Why have we not seen more outdoor schools, whether aside during the wintertime? Why have we not seen more of that over the years? Why is this such a, a unique feature that I'm highlighting this morning? Why is this not more the norm? Well, because it, it it teaches kids to think outside the box and think differently, doesn't it? There, I mean, there's so much of schooling. Well, virtually all of it is about indoctrination these days. Um, I, I teach guitar on a Monday at a school in Tooting. And um, yeah, I love going outside with the kids. And it feels different when you're out there. Um, but the, yeah, it's 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 all about having them inside and 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 in Germany, um, they would I don't know if they still do it. I think they do. They up to seven, they would just be outside mucking around in the woods, um, rain or shine, which I think is a great way to start the schooling. But yeah, it's everything's to do with um, getting a curriculum into them and having tests and making sure they're you know being indoctrinated so um, my my lessons aren't like that they're much more chaotic yeah. and i try I try to nurture the creativity and often often they're quite difficult kids to deal with but the creative ones but you just don't want to sort of um you want to kind of harness it without squashing it and i yeah i, I love that it's, a, it's like a, a balance you've got to um tread with kind of not forcing them down a certain route but and, and enabling them to be creative and actually going along with what they come up with i really like doing them so writing songs for them but yeah outside nature and there's maths in nature there's maths yeah. in maths in music there's maths in the you know fibonacci series and the golden section underlines everything in nature you see it in trees flowers cauliflowers sunflowers it's all there if you look. The golden section, golden mean, Fibonacci. It's our whole system is based on nature, so they would learn it naturally anyway. It's it's, it's uh, interesting. I, I've done a little bit of traveling, as you know, over in uh, Africa and in rural areas there too. Uh, a little rural school. It seems to be just the way education or schools are set up right across the world at the minute. You could be in the most beautiful rural location in uh, rural Kenya, you know, looking out over sugar uh, cane plantations or over maize fields or up a mountain somewhere, the most glorious scenery you've ever seen, the bluest skies you've ever seen, the incredible diversity of nature you've ever seen. And still the, the teachers are hell bent on building these little mud huts and cramming, and I mean cramming maybe 50 to 60 kids into a mud hut and letting them sit at these you know, shoulder to shoulder at benches all day from mm. seven o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon, five, six days a week. And I remember asking 
one of the teachers, why don't you let the kids move outside? Why don't you just take them outside? You're, you're still teaching them the same curriculum. They're going to listen to you because they're not they're not uh, undisciplined. They respect the teachers. And they said, too many distractions, too many distractions. They'll be looking at the, the sky and they'll be looking at the birds and, the, you know, they'll be looking at the, the plants instead of concentrating on what I'm trying to teach them. And, you know, the teacher yeah. was teaching these kids about, you know, rock formations and geography that no Kenyan kid is ever going to use in a million years uh, in their actual lives. They would prefer to keep them cooped up in these classes. Is this just an endemic thing, do you think, with the education yeah, system they, in general? They, they just they have this thing have about some... containing them? Yeah, they might have some of their own thoughts, God forbid. You know, we <laughs> we don't we don't have space, do we, in, in our lives? I mean, you were talking about silence. Um, and we we have actually to find silence ourselves I mean, that's why we meditate because then you can listen to your own voice um uh, yeah i mean i i'm a tennis player so i i used to i love playing tennis i used to i still like watching wimbledon and the, one of the reasons i love wimbledon is that in between the games you get the expectant buzz of chatter yeah, and but every other thing I've been watching the um, the end of year Nitto um, tournament in Turin with the top eight players, and during every point, every pause, there's some guy on a DJ booth pumping out this horrendous demonic music, and that there's no space for people to think, you know, to, and they seem to be very afraid of people having their own thoughts. So they fill every second with a with nonsense. I mean, yeah, I was watching the the Olympics tennis uh, at, at Wimbledon. This was, and and they were pumping out Coldplay in between the points. I mean, that how horrendous was that? Well, it could have been worse. You know, it could have been your friends. <laughs> so, yeah, no, your yes, your chums. It could have been worse. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, a good toss up between Bono and Bono and Chris Martin. You know, I would have thought you would have opted for Chris Martin every time. Uh, and that shows yeah. you how bad, uh, how badly you think about you do. But you see the music thing, right? Uh, I don't know if you heard this or not, but just before you came on, Gemma uh, had a story that uh, a school uh, in England has in. in installed heat pumps uh, to try and meet the green agenda. But the problem is they're polluting the air. They're constantly on. They're thrumming, thrum, 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 constant low-level vibration 24-7. And the residents of this town are saying, listen, this is driving us nuts. We can't escape from yeah. it. Uh, it, it. It doesn't matter if we close our windows. We can't go outside at night, during the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. We just don't get any break from this, no respite from this whatsoever. And again, we were talking about how having no space and having no peace anytime will slowly drive a man or a woman insane. Is this not also mm. fading into what you're saying there too, that there's no pause anymore? It's like any dead space has to be filled with some Indian Coldplay song or some thumping, uh, you know, dum, 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 120 beats mm. a minute, uh, sub, sub yeah. woofer bass sound is totally throw your body's natural rhythms off. It doesn't seem to be, it seems to be harder to find a place to skip to unless you literally get on your feet or get on a bike or get in a car and get out of the town and literally uh, find a quiet space of your own. They seem to be under attack uh, all across the UK. Yeah, they're, they're putting those heat pumps into the school I teach in. Oh, I mean, okay. it'd, be, it'd be interesting to actually work out the resonance of those things. 
-hmm. because resonance matters. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, is it a nefarious agenda? Yes, probably. Most things seem to be. Well, it's, so, it's not doing anybody any good, is it? Can you think of one positive thing that that would bring to your school? Of course, it'll tick a few uh, ESG score boxes with the school. Oh, we're trying to reduce our carbon footprint. We want to try and do away with carbon, uh, you know, uh, hydrocarbon fuels. We're doing our bit for the environment. But in reality, are they actually doing anything other than driving people nuts with constant thrumming, uh, bad resonant yeah. uh, noise pollution? Yeah, of course. I mean, and everything is still fueled by hydrocarbon fuels, and and it's, um, you know, those those electric cars get their electricity from diesel generators, huh? uh, and <laughs> that's it's. Uh, they've actually. I was looking at a thing out in the um, desert somewhere, or in Australia, that they had a grid of electric. Uh, car charging pumps and they're all powered by a diesel generator which is next door to it yeah hidden I mean, behind a, a hidden in a hidden in a, a a metal container so people don't realize that it's a diesel it, generator that's powering their electric car i mean it wasn't even hidden it was right there in plain sight in plain sight like everything is you know i mean yeah, what, not, what we've got to yeah go on no, I was going to say, yeah, the plain side thing's another one too. Uh, interestingly, this story that we were talking about with the heat pump, uh, I think it's in Norfolk. The guy, the, the principal said, listen, uh, we're installing this and this is why we're doing it. We're not hiding it. Uh, they didn't even get planning permission for it, by the way. And despite the fact that every resident in the town has complained about the constant, he said, well, we're not going to change it because it's for the common, it's for the greater good. We're trying to save the planet here. So you're going to have to just suck up with it. It seems to be very little hidden anymore. You know, these uh there's everything seems to be blatant at the minute trevor uh there's no uh the people seem to have this brazenness about them too when they're doing these things these crimes against humanity and they double down in their positions they don't have any remorse they don't have any shame about what they're doing they're actually quite brazen about it don't you think well there's a good reason for that and that is because they take us not speaking out about these things not actively speaking out about them and acting against them as consent. I mean, I was, uh, and what do we do? I mean, we, it, it's sort of everything comes back to ourselves now. It's it's up to us. We've we've looked for heroes. Obviously, there's none. Um, there's people you can admire, but actually, what this whole thing is teaching us in the awakening, I think, is that it's us. It's down to us. And we have to actually act ourselves. And the the question is, how do we do that? And um, I was looking at a very interesting um, chat um, the other day. I'm, I'm, I met this guy called uh, Chris Coverdale a few times in a different context. And suddenly I found him um, on a channel with Laura Nina. I don't know if you've come across her. She's often on Mad Mix um i haven't seen her yet podcast. so he's got this whole organization which is showing us that they um are paying taxes we're actually committing a criminal offense paying taxes because they're being used to fund genocide wars 
And there's been there's laws passed in 2000, 2001 to say if we suspect our money is being used to fund terrorism, it's a criminal offence to fund terrorism. And we know blatantly that our taxes are being used in order to fund terrorism and genocide. Look at all these babies being murdered in, in Gaza. And so if we don't push back against it and uh, refuse to, to fund these things, it's taken as consent. So it's up to us to, to go against it. So there, he's, this guy has got a website which goes into how you can l lawfully refuse to pay all these taxes. Um, and I'll give you the website. It's um, yeah. www.probityco.com. Property. Um, and he has a very, if you go onto Laura Nina's chat, uh -huh. And it, I think her, her telegram is called Laura Nina Chat. And uh, you'll find her interview with Chris Cover Coverdale, and it's very interesting. And it's something I'm going to be looking into more. Because if, if we don't stand up and speak out and act, we're giving them consent to do all this stuff. Uh -huh. So it's, it's up to us not to do it. And we, we don't know realize the power that we have. We don't, and I, just I want to pick up on something you said there about, you know, our, what are our taxes actually being used for? They're being used yeah. for, you know, genocidal campaigns or to fund genocidal campaigns around the world. They're being used to destroy lives rather than build lives up. Uh, there was a song uh, somebody mentioned the other day that I hadn't heard for a very, very long time, and it was by a band called System of a Down. Now, they're very aggressive metal band and i think they're armenian armenians uh they moved to america they they formed this band they sold a lot of records but they have a song now listen to the lyrics of this interestingly enough they have a song called prison song okay and it's really really intense really really intense but this is uh the lyrics the prison song it almost mirrors uh, some of the stuff that you're talking about now so uh it said following the rights movement you're clamped on with their iron fists drugs became conveniently available for all the kids uh, minor drug offenders fill your prisons you don't even flinch all our taxes paying for your wars against the new non-rich right so he goes on about uh talking about locking up in the american prison system and incarceration all research and successful drug policies show that treatment should be increased uh utilizing drugs to pay for secret wars around the world drugs are now your global policy now you police the globe now this was written uh back in uh, the early 2000s so about 20 odd years ago but a little bit of what you've just said and what we're seeing in general happening at the world at the minute uh it's uh, mm. i'm not going to say it was a prophetic song because this has been going on for decade after decade after decade but it was yeah. um it was voiced very vigorously and very aggressively by this band back in 2004 whatever uh year it was that the song was released mm. now here we are 20 years later effectively affirming what they were warning us of would happen if nothing no action was taken oh we've got to just realize actually we're we're overshooting the uh the break okay. here, so apologies for that so when we come back let's look at that songs 
maybe songs that you've listened to and that I've listened to that have been strangely prophetic and we're starting to see them come to pass. Now, we'll pick up maybe on a few yeah. more of those when we come back uh, here on TNT. Don't go away. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. John Clauser recently won the Nobel Prize in physics. Pretty smart guy. Now, everybody loved him until he decided to say that he did not believe that there's a climate catastrophe. Listen to this statement from him. I can very confidently assert there is no climate emergency. As much as it may upset many people, my message is the planet is not in peril. Atmospheric CO2 and methane have negligible effects on the climate. Now we know that he further goes on to state that it basically has to do with the sun and reflectivity and the fact that the models can't even handle that type of thing. Two thirds of the earth are ocean, the Pacific Ocean alone is half the earth. The average cloud cover for the earth is 67%, about 50% over land, and 75% over the ocean. So consequently, nothing can handle that and the cause. Now, I believe the oceans warm and they cool. And right now, I believe that over the last 30 years, that has to do with geothermal input. That in turn puts more water vapor in the air, puts more clouds in the sky. There may be more reflectivity, but then again, there's more trapping of low level warmth. So it goes back and forth, especially in the real cold Arctic areas. But the point is, it is a complex system. CO2 is not the climate control knob. Man has only contributed three to 5% of the total CO2 in the atmosphere anyway. And yet you see John Kerry sitting there at the summit with the leader of China, the very country that is dumping all the CO2 in the air. Hypocrites. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. My character Shazam knows all about growing up in a family full of teenage superheroes. They're bold. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. Adventurous. Shazam! There's never a dull moment. And no matter what happens, they'll always have your back. All they need is a place to grow and be themselves. And the best part is, you don't have to be a superhero to adopt a teen. Learn more about adopting a teen from foster care. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. You're with Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Okay, uh, we're just having a chat uh, during the the break there. Trevor is a is a teacher. He goes into a school uh, every Monday, I think it is, and teaches guitar. And what we're talking about curriculums as well, just generally uh, riffing here on the educational front about how many things are actually being taught in school excessively and really don't serve any great purpose when you actually get into the real world. They don't really serve any benefit. Like all the stuff I learned at school, geography and history and, you know, English literature and language and Latin, hell spells, even tried to teach me Latin up until third year for however many hours a week. None of that is applicable now but the one thing that i did get into in school which was uh, music uh played guitar uh, self-taught guitar loved music at school only got an hour a week of that uh, so why is the imbalance so skewed towards you know uh, grinding out uh, working through a curriculum, then sitting down and being tested, you know, based on what the, the facts they want you to retain, you're graded on it, that can affect your whole future. Why is the lack of a musical instrument or the teaching of musical instruments or chess, for example, strategic thinking, why is that not really anywhere to be seen in school curriculums? And the, the emphasis, Trevor, is really on these, you know, traditional subjects, you know, geography and politics mm. and economics and science and all that how much of it does apply how much of that have you ever poured it into your actual life since you left school how much of that have you poured it no. into your life 
so the question is what should we actually be teaching children and i i think we should be teaching children to think critically so philosophy we should be teaching them about growing food we should be teaching them about nutrition we should teach be teaching them about being healthy properly and we should be teaching them about nature I mean, they do teach them to an extent about nature, but it's all part of this uh, agenda. But we, we don't teach children the things that really affect them, uh, the stuff right in front of them and the important stuff. So they, they're just indoctrinated. Um, do you, yeah, do you, so. see, you see the stuff see the stuff that you talked about that we should be taught about? From my own personal recollection, <laughs> the most of that if any of that most of it was uh, when i was in primary school so you know you did get uh, field trips to the zoo or to a local farm to see animals or you did get uh, to go out and do a nature trail you know uh, during uh, the summertime coming up to the end of the term you'd have been walking around a meadow and you know you had to pick little samples of flowers and stick them in a scrapbook and then you had to you know go to your encyclopedia britannica because there was no internet back then and find out what type of flower it was and write a little piece about it it seems to be that any kind of serious beneficial education maybe you get a little bit of exposure to it when you're in primary school but by the time you transition across into secondary school that's kicked out of you completely uh you don't get any of that yeah. fun and games anymore because that's childish almost it's something you did when you were just a child but in reality maybe they need to reverse that they maybe need to introduce more of their perceived childishness into the secondary education because in reality it's the things that you've just listed are the things that actually poured across into everyday life and the benefit us as human beings rather than the the tripe that they assemble for uh, children to learn as root on the school curriculums. Yeah, we're taught that uh, like feeding ourselves is an inconvenience and it distracts us from the important things in life. Um, but I mean, the, the thing is people, kids are taken out into nature and there, there are good people in education. There yeah. are people that, that want to do good. I mean, but, it, you're pushing against the system. I mean, yeah. in the school I was in, I was the only one not wearing a mask because I thought it was demonic um, to do that to the children. Um, and there was a bit of pressure put on me, but luckily the head kind of values what I do there. So mm -hmm. she didn't want to put too much pressure on me because I'd have just walked off. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so that, but there are good teachers. I know, I know good teachers where I am. Uh, mm -hmm. in that school and uh but they're they're up against it and the, it's the system i mean the system is completely owned and uh and by the time they get to secondary school they're they're all kind of you know they've had all this so-called technology pushed onto them and um and they're totally distracted and and drunk on that by the time they get to secondary school so um you know one of the joys of the last three years has been getting back and connecting back to nature um and all the kids uh to do with my tribe down in seven oaks they're all loving it you know they're, they're running around 
I was gen I was obviously generalizing when I was talking about the system as a whole, uh, but you rightly point out there are there are some good heads in there. There are some good teachers in there that still actually want to teach and see kids grow. But uh, you also raise a very important point. They're up against it because if they're going mm-hmm. against uh, the established curriculum and they're going against, you know, the school's rules and regulations, uh, do, do they not get that enthusiasm? Depending on the school, there are actually some good schools, period. But in general, if you're a revolutionary teacher that wants to expand the children's minds, obviously in a in a positive way, y- you would get that enthusiasm slowly kicked out of you or strangled out of you over time as you constantly butt heads with the, the bureau- bureaucracy that runs these schools. It must be difficult uh, to maintain positivity in that environment. I know Darren uh, Denslow, who's a, a TNT presenter, a good friend of mine, Dee Denslow, he was a great chemistry teacher, but he had to leave because of uh, nonsense mm. within schools. Sarah Plumley's another one. She's incredible. Uh, she runs guerrilla warfare online now from a base in France, but she couldn't be part of an educational system because she's just too, too much of a maverick and too much of a revolutionary, and she's getting incredible results. Uh, doing it yeah. her way with the children that she's teaching, but she wouldn't be welcomed or uh, even allowed, I would think, to do her type of teaching in a mainline school. Uh, she's the one that does homeschooling, isn't she? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, she, she was she was awesome. Um, but, I mean, the, you can do it in two ways. I mean, I, I have my own inner kind of what I judge to be uh, useful and... Uh, and that's what I put into the kids for my own satisfaction, really. And there are other teachers doing that, but you have to do it despite the system rather than because of it. And the, there's other teachers doing that, but I mean, you look at some of the teachers and you just put your head in your hands, and they're just they're just kind of indoctrinating robots. You can see it. Yeah, they're just pushing this whole agenda. And and I get like seven year old girls coming to me and bemoaning the fact that four out of five of their friends in the junior school are lesbians, mm-hmm. you know, and they shouldn't even be thinking like that. No. Now, where did no. that come into it? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was and I was saying, no, they're not lesbians, they're children. <laughs> they, they don't know what they are. Is yeah, that so not the other it, dark? Is that not the other dark side to the current education system too? That things that would have been absolutely taboo, like your teacher coming in and telling you what they did at the weekend with their partner, whether their partner's a male or a female, or maybe they have one of each, and uh, telling you what their pronouns are, that they're the obviously man, but they say, well, actually I'm a she, her and telling kids that, you know, mm. there's a difference between gender and sex and you can change if you want. And even uh, you don't have to tell mom and dad about it. We can keep it as our little secret within the school and we can help you to mm. be the little girl. How that dodgy you want to does be, that sound? We, it's, <laughs> mate, it's as dodgy, it's as dodgy yeah. as it comes, but that is also, we've got to remember that's also being seeded in the kids' heads now from they come into schools right down to uh, primary school, primary one now, uh, flags flying, uh, you know, representing certain outfits and ideological movements. They're getting exposed to that now. That would have never been the case uh, when you and I were going to school, but it seems to be almost mm. the norm at the minute. Now, look, we're blinking out of time here. As always, yeah. uh, time is our main enemy. Any gigs coming up over the next uh, few weeks you want to briefly tell yeah, us about? I've got, I've got one in... Uh... Uh, Broadstairs on the Friday the 25th with a Blues uh-huh. Rebel band um, at uh-huh. Roth- the Rootham Arms in Broadstairs. The Rootham Arms? 
the root demands, yeah, in Broadstairs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm getting booked up for some festivals in the summer. I'm really looking forward to next summer. I just, I'm, I'm playing at the Stand in the Light Festival, so people should look at that. It's a combination of uh, Stand in the Park and the Light newspaper. And uh, sound, Sounds Beautiful UK Festival in Dorset. It's in, in June. So I'm looking forward to the next summer a lot. Okay, check out Trevor on uh, Instagram, Trevor John Sings, and check him out on Spotify, actually, Trevor John, and also uh, on Telegram, Random Human Music. Any of that information will be on there and send it through to TNT, and we'll advertise it for you, obviously, on our website. But for now, time is up, Trevor. Big love to you, mate. Have a splendid weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks to Murray and the studio guys for making the magic happen. I'm going to inhale now shortly and go and get that lovely green lemon. <laughs> gone and i'll be back next week so uh have a good one everyone rick munn over and out